I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Live Mike. One thirty-eight is the time here in the KSL newsroom. As you well know, I am uh, a huge admirer of all those men and women of both political parties who put themselves out there and seek election to serve as uh, legislators in the uh, Utah State Legislature. And for 45 days each year, they get together and they go back and forth. They debate, they submit, they amend, they vote. And ultimately, uh, a night like this past Friday night comes, the end of the session, the culmination of the 45 days of work. It's uh, it's both a day of intense focus and work, and it is also a day of intense uh, tradition. I have been lucky enough to be there uh, on the floor of the of the House as the final moments of uh, a handful of general sessions of various legislatures from year to year have uh, have have terminated, have culminated, have come to an end. Lost my words there for a second. And it uh, truly is a, a special thing, a special thing to see. And uh, I, on Friday, we spoke with Speaker Wilson, uh, asked some of his thoughts on the wrap-up of the session, specifically asking him how he would define the, the session if there was uh, one single storyline that could tell the tale of this legislative session, what would that be? And I'll extend that same question to President Stuart Adams, President of the Utah Senate. Uh, President Adams, welcome to the program. How are you? Great to be with you. And it, it was quite a night. We ended early, which uh, we got a lot done, and we did it with about an hour and a half to spare. That's pretty good. You ever uh, wrap things up early in the past, to your memory? Uh, we did it once, Speaker Wilson and I did, uh, the first. I think the first year, but, uh, he was speaker and I was Senate president. So, but uh, but it's, it's it's interesting. Not that doesn't always happen. But sure. and this was an amazing session. It really was. If you if you could go back and you could take uh, like a thirty thousand foot look at the accomplishments of uh, this legislature or this legislative session, I should say the general session. Is there a single storyline that uh, that is you know larger than them all? Is there a, a single thing for which this session will be known? Yeah, there there are maybe two or three policy items, but but I think the big one. And I'm I'm I've been in the legislature for a little while that I am just totally shocked about and uh, hard for me to imagine. And that is that a year ago, and I think we all remember as the governor uh, rolled out the emergency order Mm. and we went home, uh, we shut down a lot of retail businesses, grocery stores. We were out of toilet paper. I mean, it was a, it was, you know, a, you know, just a, a real, real challenging time. And if you'd have told me a year ago that we'd be back in a legislative session and we would fund and take care of as many things as we have in this legislative session, I would not have believed you. And let me give you some examples. Please. Uh, we did a tax cut. Only state in America in the middle of a pandemic that did a tax cut. We funded education, 6% increase. 
Uh, we gave teachers a COVID, sti- a COVID stipend, uh, a bonus. We actually put another $127 million away of ongoing money uh, for uh, a kind of a rainy day fund for K-12 through education. We funded growth in Medicaid, and then we put another $50 million, never before been done for affordable housing. We put $26 million into Medicaid. I mean, just that alone would have been enough to make the session successful. Then we we bonded a lot in the past. Well, this year we did a a small bond for for transit, for double-tracking front runner. But we did seven to eight hundred million dollars cash, not bonded, into roads. We, then we went further than that. We spent one hundred and forty million dollars for parks and trails. We had forty million dollars put away for fiber. Uh, Three hundred million dollars for higher ed buildings. How, how, a nine percent increase in higher ed. Fifty six million dollars for yeah. wildlife. I mean, it goes on and on. And I and other states are. They're, they're furloughing teachers, and they have budget deficits. How is it possible? We handled the pandemic. We, we handled the pandemic on a blended basis. There are probably three things. One is the federal stimulus helped us, but all the states got federal stimulus. And we did a really good job managing our budget at the end of the year, and we've put things in place over the years to make sure that we, we can manage our, our affairs well in Utah, I think the best managed state in the nation. But the most important thing, there's no question in my mind, because I lived through this for a year, and there was that question of how much do you shut down the economy and how much do you open it up? We opened it up last year on May 1. We opened up gyms. We opened up uh, restaurants. We opened up hair salons. And we we formed – we had a special session in April. We formed a legislative commission that recommended to the governor right at the end of April, and things opened up on May. The areas that didn't were the entertainment industry, which are still struggling. But generally speaking, our economy has opened up, and we did it safely, social distancing and masks and those type of things. But that has allowed our economy to continue on where other states, uh, they're they're trying to dig out of a hole. And this federal stimulus, uh, you know, I think it's – it's, I, it's, I'm worried about my kids and the grandkids because I just don't think this is the right way. Well, everybody can use money, but we in Utah don't need the stimulus money. Are you worried about the? Are you are you worried about the principle that goes along with uh, what some might call a, a handout, or are you worried about those children and grandchildren and great grandchildren of yours who will uh, have to foot the bill someday when this now I think thirty trust thirty trillion plus uh, deficit comes time due. I, I just think it's, yeah, that, uh, you know, I think it's irresponsible for our kids and our the future of our country. We balance our budget. We did all that list and more, okay, have put another $100 million in the Rady Day Fund, funded the point of the mountain, uh, point, point of the mountain in Inland Port. But yeah. uh, we, you know, we, we funded 3% increase for our, our employees. We did all of that and balanced our budget. And the federal government can't seem to find a way to balance theirs. And then they, they send out a st- stimulus check that, that uh, you know, we could use money, always can. But, uh, but to borrow it, I think, is uh, challenging. But yeah. it was if I rated the session, our legislative session, I would have rated it an A and maybe an A++++. plus plus plus. In the middle of a pandemic, this is probably – the, uh, we, we did more economically this session than I can ever remember. 
in sessions that weren't a pandemic. Yeah. Uh, listen, President Adams, I am grateful to you for your time and your service as president of the Utah uh, Senate. Thank you so much. Uh, again, President Stuart Adams, my guest. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate being with you. All righty. Uh, we're going to take a break here in just a moment, but let me first say that, uh, you know, as you listen to the president there, it, it may sound uh, like, you know, of course he will praise the results. Of course, uh, you know, it's uh, under his watch that much of it was accomplished. And so, uh, you know, of course, it's his prerogative uh, and you know, to his benefit that he praise it. Well, I, I've spent time comparing what has happened here in Utah to the rest of the nation. And everything that he just listed, first off, is true. And second, is unheard of elsewhere. We do a lot of winning here in the state of Utah. I'm not getting sick of it. Quick break. When we return, I want to talk to you about Dr. Seuss and Amazon.com. That's next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind, only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do? in the face of an international disaster decades in the making. That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.